Hey everybody, welcome to Magic the Amateuring, uh, which is a podcast for people who are learning the game of magic, uh, who are looking to improve their game or to find out more about the magic community. And I'm just one of your usual hosts, Megan. I'm here today with a very special guest host, Cube April. April, what's up? Hey Megan, how's it going? I'm super excited today. We're going to be talking about Unstable. That's right. Um, and uh, I've been playing for a very long time, so I was around in like 98 and 2004 when the yeah. other unsets came out. Which Maria and I cannot say. <laughs> Were you even alive in 1998? Do you know what? No. <laughs> I'm I'm 15. 15? 15. I'm 15. Yeah. yeah. That math checks out. That math checks is, out. Is okay. Right? Yep. I was like, is it? I could have been born in 2002. I'm pretty sure that 2004 was 13 years ago and oh I'm not 15 God. years ago. Yeah. So the math actually does not check out. Wait. 2004, but you said 1998. Well, yes. 1998, I was not alive. 1998 is 19 years ago. That's also not 15. Oh, God. Well, anyways. You really are going to die from stress exhaustion. This is not a podcast about doing good (laughs) math on your feet. Although magic does sometimes require good math on your feet. This set requires more math, I think, than any other set I've ever dealt with. Um, So you are going to be today's unset expert. People on the podcast are somewhat familiar with Rob's um, brushes with death in his childhood. Okay. Because he told an entire like extra special patron special about it once about all these ways he like almost died when he was a child. Have you heard these? I have not. No. They're really intense. Really? There's one where like they had like some sort of giant industrial fridge or something that was like unplugged and they were for cleaning or defrosting or something. And he like accidentally went in and, and... had the door shut and, and locked behind him and like w- like p- almost passed out because he ran out of oxygen because those things are sealed tight for sure yeah absolutely uh yeah and he got found at like the very last minute well, when people great. are like oh my god where's rob that's great. <laughs> so he was in a car accident he was in a car accident. he is okay everyone don't worry judge rob is a-okay he's gonna be fine all right i was gonna say that like maybe i'll say that like Filling at the last moment because Judge Rob yeah. was trapped in an industrial freezer and he's still thawing out. <laughs> yes, he was an entire popsicle <laughs> when they found him. Yeah. Uh, but don't worry, he will soon not be a popsicle. Not a popsicle. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Maria is in Nice, France this week. That lucky jerk. Uh, she's getting ready to broadcast from the World Magic Cup. So make sure you check that out this weekend, everybody. Uh, it's going to be awesome. But that means that I get to be here. With Cube April. All right. We're going to make this awesome. Yes. I'm Once be upon a, a time. going to be a funny stand-in for Maria, which is a pretty high bar to set. For people who aren't familiar with you, like, you you do a fair amount of, like, you do some good work making funny I, <laughs> on Twitter. I, am, I like to think that I'm pretty funny, um, <laughs> but uh, most of what I do on Twitter is is trolling. And as That's much true. as I enjoy trolling you and Maria constantly, yes. it is... Really, what wakes me gets me up in the morning. That's um, right. Uh, we once Maria and I once three owed a cube with what you said was the worst color pair in that cube format. You were horrified. Mm-hmm. We drafted red green. Do you remember that? Me. <laughs> I was watching them on Twitch, and I'm like, just whatever you do, don't draft red green. Yeah. And they did it, and it was in the vintage cube, which is coming up, I believe, on December yeah. 20th. And we and even had a Pelucranos. It was disgusting. You guys <laughs> destroyed people. I mean, I could not believe what I was seeing. I don't think we lost a game. No, like, you, I think we you six just ran out. a shot over people. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, so you know, we we troll you back sometimes. That is true. It's all right. Uh, first, before we get started, though, obviously we have to thank our patrons. Uh, thank you so much to everyone who supports this show on patreoncom slash MTA cast. I was like, what is our URL? I'm tired. Uh, Patreon.com slash MTA cast. Uh, and as well to our sponsors, cardkingdom.com, cardkingdom.com slash MTA cast, an amazing place to buy all of your magic needs like cards. We recently got a booster box of iconic masters, which you can watch us open in the hot flame and hot Cheeto challenge. Iconic masters box opening on our YouTube channel. Um, you know, hot Cheetos, not as hot as I thought they were. Really? Yeah, they so weren't in that my bad. In experience, like anything that's like a hot 
Like, yeah. crispy snack is never as hot as I want it to be. Yeah. Like, spicy Doritos, not as good. No. Cheetos. And I even, so I got them because we were like, we're going to have, like, this hot chip challenge for this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I Googled hot chips. And there was a website that was like, these are, like, Wait, do you know you do what? did you that with, like, safe search on or safe search off? <laughs> on. Okay, always. Always. I'm 15, so. <laughs> uh, so, safe search on. And I was... You know, this website was like hot Cheetos. They're like, they were like an 8.7 on their 10 point scale. And I was like, okay, I can get them at the gas station. Not that hot. That's too bad. Oh, well. All right. So thank you so much, both to all of the patrons of the show who make this work possible and cardkingdom.com, literally the best sponsors that we could possibly ask for. Cube April. I, w- I keep wanting to call you Judge April. You can call me Cube April. All right. I'm no longer a level two judge, unfortunately. I just too much between like, you know, being a mom and running my own cube and trolling people on Twitter. Like I yeah. really just have no time to judge events anymore. And having a great collection of magic art. Thank you so much. I actually am just getting framed Bullwhip Punisher right what? now, which is huge. Like it's... the. It's bigger, unframed, uh-huh. than any piece of art that I owned framed. It's crazy huge. I'm super excited. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited to see it. Yeah. Uh, so we are talking today. Basically, the topic of today is just going to be the unstable card mechanics. Absolutely. They're going to... Because there's a lot of them. There, there are a lot of them. They make me feel a little bit mentally unstable myself. <laughs> um, Potentially what they were meant to do. I think so. I yeah. think so. Like, so unsets, for those of you who are not familiar with an unset, um, because again, it has been probably about 15 years since yeah. they've done one. Yeah. Um, unsets deliberately break the rules. They go out of their way to do things that you could not normally do in a black-bordered set. Some of them are very close, uh, but most of the mechanics are ones where they want to do them in black border. They hope to someday. It's kind of like an R&D f- adventure to see what they can do with a magic card. But they don't work in black borders. So everything that you think you know about black border magic is a little suspect. might be wrong. Get it out of here. Get Whatever here. you thought Forget you know. Forget everything you know about magic. Because this is not your grandma's this is, magic, this is everybody. Magic. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, so let's just let's dive right in. Uh, like you've been, you've been saying black bordered and I'm just going to clear up for people. If anyone's like, what does that even mean? It literally means that, um, if you go to any like FNM, any Grand Prix, any competitive, uh, magic event, you're going to see all of the cards that people are playing with are black bordered or maybe sometimes white bordered if they were from that unfortunate time in magic's history where they decided to do that. It was actually a very long time. You're just so young that you don't remember how long that it was. Or maybe it felt really long when you guys were living through it. (laughs) It did feel super long. All those corset white border cards, just so bad. When will this time end? (laughs) Um, So yeah, uh, so those mean like cards that you can play in tournament magic. Uh, Obviously, depending on like if you're playing standard or modern or that sort of thing. Uh, And unset cards are silver bordered. They do have a silver border. They're very distinctive. Uh, And it does mean that you cannot play them. You can't stick these suckers in your standard deck. People would be like, what? Right. You can't put them in standard decks, yeah. modern decks. You know, depending on your play group, though, like a lot of commander groups will allow people to play them. Um, so there are formats that you can play them in if you get permission. Nice. Remember, just have a nice chat about it with your commander group. You're like, hey, I want to have a sweet contraption situation. And maybe they'll be like, okay. And maybe they'll be like, we don't understand how that works. Yeah, I mean, my, my commander group is like filled with like miscreants and like ne'er-do-wells and i'm pretty sure they would all be super excited to have silver bordered cards in our commander decks nice all right so what's the what's the first thing up on the docket all right so we are going to talk about i think my favorite mechanic and i think it's your favorite mechanic as well it is Uh, and that is the augment mechanic now i think part of why i like this mechanic is it doesn't like keep me up at night i feel like i have a reasonable understanding (laughs) of how this card works yeah um which is unusual for me i think in this set most of the cards i have no idea what they do um but the idea with augment is that you're taking two cards and you're kind of grafting them together yeah um so there are two sets of cards um that you're going to find in this set um you're going to find the hosts now hosts they all say like host creature on the type line so it'll be like host creature construct or host creature, I may say kitten. I don't know if it says kitten or cat, actually. On the yeah, card. it's adorable kitten. It is a, it is adorable kitten. Yeah, it's yeah. very cute. Um, they all say host creature on them. And they have, like, 
when this creature enters the battlefield or some sort of like trigger at the beginning. Yeah. And then on the second half, it has an effect. And it's usually a small effect on just the host. Yeah. So it might like create a token or gain you some life. Yeah. Now, you play those hosts, you put them onto the battlefield, and they're fine. They're good. They're okay. No, yeah. Let's be honest. They're okay. They're, they're, they're okay. They're but they're not bleh. looking up to yeah. their full potential. They don't have <laughs> kittens on the back half is what I'm saying. Yeah. So you have a host on the battlefield. Yeah. And then if you have a creature with augment in your hand, you pay that augment cost. And this is only as a sorcery. So you can only do it during your main phases. You can't like surprise people in yeah. the middle of combat by augmenting. This is a painstaking yeah. process stitching two creatures together. You, you can't, can't just do it. it. You can't yeah. just slap two creatures together and expect them. At instant know, to, speed? At instant yeah, no speed, way. It would be a bloody mess. <laughs> it would be really bad. Uh, but you pay the augment cost. And basically that augment creature goes on top of the first half yeah. of the host creature. Yeah. So it replaces the trigger. Yeah. So like the original host might have said, you know, when it enters the battlefield. Yeah. But the new, the new augmented host will say something like, at the beginning of your upkeep, or whenever you attack with two or more creatures, so that you can trigger that second half of the host again yeah. and again and again. Awesome. And again. Which is pretty <laughs> sweet. Now, augment things also have a weird power and toughness thing in the corner. They don't yeah. have a normal power and toughness, and this is because you can't play them as normal. They yeah. have to have a host body to be grafted onto. They're only the front half of things. They're only, yeah. they're, they're only the front <laughs> half. Um, and so uh, they will say something like plus three, plus three, which means that they give the host plus three, plus three. It's, it makes yeah. a pretty good amount of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some of them make things weaker, like the half squirrel uh, will make it a little bit, you know, <laughs> a little, little, bit little less powerful, but way cuter, <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look at that little acorn. I know. It's like a perfect... T- I am so happy uh, that they got uh, the this uh, the artist Andrea Radek, 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 something like that, yeah. uh, to do art for the set. She did a lot of art for, I believe, uh, Star City Games in the past, oh. and it's like so cute. I think she did a lot of their playmats. That's stuff. where it looks... really yeah. cute ones. I was um, like wondering, because it looks kind of familiar, and I couldn't place it. I was like, yep. this art feels familiar to me mm-hmm. and it's definitely and, and i loved her and it was like but it was like so cute it was like yeah. too adorable for magic as much as i love it yeah uh so i'm really glad that she gets to uh be featured in unstable she gets to make a bunch of little cute squirrels squirrels and kittens and all, yeah. all the best creatures augment is super cool what's the what's the most exciting like what's your what's the augment creature you're like hoping to make yeah maybe? so i think i'm gonna kind of go for the for the adorable ninja it's like okay. half a ninja Half a kitten, you know, and I think it really represents the pure kitten essence where like yeah. they could strike at any moment. Nice. Rip your throat out. Absolutely. Yeah. What about yourself? I think uh, mine's going to be half kitten, half kitten, <laughs> where you augment the you, where you augment the half kitten, uh, uh, you know, card kitten. onto the adorable kitten. Exactly. Because then I feel just like, you know, you're just adding on to it. You have a base that's really strong. Mm-hmm. Adorable kitten, super strong. What can make it better? So more more kitten. kitten. More so kitten. Are these going to be like two different types of like fur kittens? Like, do you want like a half Siamese on the front and like a, oh, yeah. like a tabby cat on the back? That would be great. That'd be pretty yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Like, or like, like I want it to be a really poofy cat up front mm-hmm. and then like a sleek cat in back. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Or it could be, how have you thought about this in back? One of those like furless cats. Oh, that'd be terrifying. <laughs> if I want everyone <laughs> like, to come like over. Like the lion face in front and then like nothing on Nothing. Back. And nothing. so they'll be like, come on, come on over to my house. And people will be like, hey, what, the, what is that? <laughs> it's like, oh, it's my ancient Egyptian. Like, I feel like it was, it's, it looks like it should be engraved on a tomb. Like that's something that you would see. I think it's so. Like, I would definitely pet that cat. <laughs> So in the augment world, there was already something that was like too powerful. It's true. There are some things that humans were not meant to meddle with. We never should have done this. It's true. And that was combining a squirrel with a pony, a half yes. squirrel, half pony. Yeah, which what, in the realm of cute, would be very cute. Would be very cute. I very think so. cute. And I think that's what made, drove us our mad yeah. uh, inclinations to make such an amazing creature. Yeah. But it was too amazing Ugh. because when you combine these texts, it read, whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield, you may exile target non-horse creature you control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Now, What's when you, so bad about when, that? It does seem fine, but the problem is you exile that creature, it comes back and it triggers again. And uh, it comes, then you can exile it yeah. again. So it makes an infinite combo. And unfortunately, like the cards are 
uncommon and common. So yeah. you're pretty likely to come across them in an unstable draft. Yeah. Or even just an unstable seal pool. Yeah. Um, now, normally, this would be, like, really awkward. But in the world of unstable... Yeah. Mark Rosewater, who is the rules manager for Unstable, does power level errata, something they don't do on normal magic cards. Yeah. Which says, we're just going to change how a card works. We're just going to hand wave it away. Um, and so what it now reads is that you may exile a non-horse creature you control that wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability this turn. Still pretty strong yeah. because yeah. it comes in the battlefield. You can flicker another creature. You can flicker another creature. So you can, yeah. get, you can get a lot of value from your half squirrel, half ponies, yeah. but like you're not blowing up the world. Perfect, yeah. perfect. Like, they were just like, that's that. That's we're done. We're, we're done. done with that. Okay. Yeah, it's fixed. Problem solved. <laughs> it doesn't matter that we shouldn't have been playing God with squirrels and ponies. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that Marco Rosado is secretly, like, furtively, like, filled with glee about yeah. his half squirrel, half ponies. <laughs> Maybe he has, he has, like, a stable hidden of them oh, somewhere. I would not be surprised. In the Seattle area. He doesn't talk about it. It's heard, it's said that you can hear the sounds of neighs and, and, <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're chewing hey. on the way. You, the little, you see the horses chewing on the water. Acorns. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it, those are all just stories. Mm-hmm. Do you think he does both know. like squirrel heads and horse butts as well as horse heads and squirrel butts? Yeah, because you don't, this is like a no waste operation. <laughs> so you don't want to be discarding the half that you're not using. I suppose it's the environmentally friendly thing to do is to use both halves. Exactly, of the exactly. Yeah. Is to recombine them in both of the ways. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us to the next. You know, the next... I, you can't even call it a mechanic. Like, is it a mechanic? What is it? It's, it's like a meta game. It's like another <laughs> game you get to play while you play your game. It's like a, a sub-game of magic. It is. It really is. Called Contraptions. Contraptions. We've been waiting for this for a long time. A long time. So yeah. Contraptions started as a joke yeah. for magic R&D back in Future Sight. Yeah. They released a card called Steam Flogger Boss. And it said if a rigger you control would assemble a contraption, it assembles two contraptions instead which now, meant nothing it was, at the it time meant nothing for it, the until now in fact it was never supposed to mean anything at all ever yeah like, um and then i don't know exactly what happened to somebody it was is it was, it was a punchline for a joke that was never meant yeah. to be like written right <laughs> and and it just kept coming up and people kept demanding it they kept demanding contraptions so they yeah. finally made them work in unstable they're like are you happy now please shut up mark <laughs> rosewater's like please stop bothering me on my tumblr yeah. i just want to stop hearing about contraptions well here they are yeah. uh, we're gonna we're gonna try to explain to you how they work i'm pretty sure i have a reasonable idea of how they work uh, i'll yeah. be honest i have read the article articles yeah on contraptions uh, like a dozen times. I yeah. read Judge Rob's notes on contraptions a number of times as well. And I'm I'm like 90% sure I get how they work. Yeah, I think so too. I think so. They, they're a little confusing on paper. Like they're like when written down, I think they're yeah. really confusing. But I think in practice yes. they'll make a lot of sense. It's sense it, it essentially, they use like a lot of like onomatopoeias to, <laughs> to denote actions. And you're like, this means nothing. These are nonsense like words. Contraptions and sprockets and cranking. Exactly. And like all of it is like ridiculous sounding. Yes. Um, and so like, I think the extra words make it yeah. more confusing than I think it needs to be. Which they probably meant to do. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's get started. Contraptions. First of all, they don't go in your normal deck. They do not. So you're going to get your contraptions by drafting by opening up your sealed pool. Yeah. And you can also have like a, a constr- if you want to do like const- constructed unstable, yeah. you can do that too. Okay. Um, but they don't go in your normal deck. They have, in fact, they have a unique back on the back of contraptions yeah. to make sure that you don't make that mistake. They don't have okay. a normal magic back. Yeah. So now when you start a game, let's say it's a limited <laughs> game, you know, each pack you're going to open is going to have, I believe, two contraptions inside it. Okay. Um, so there's a lot of them going around yeah. in any given draft. You're going to have 16 per per uh, round on the draft. Yeah. Um, so you're going to see a total of 48 contraptions in a normal draft. Okay. So you will definitely have a chance to draft them. Yeah. Um, and you take all the contraptions that you've drafted. And yeah. you don't have to play with all of them. You can just play with some of them if you want. And you put them in a special contraption library it's just a pile of contraptions and they're face down and they're separate from everything else they're like yeah they're not even really part of the game they're kind of like a command zone they're off somewhere else yeah you don't they're in the contraption zone they're in the contraption zone yeah which is maria and i's new rival podcast to rival the command (laughs) zone i think it's gonna be way funnier (laughs) yeah 
Um, we we love Jimmy and Josh. You guys are great. They're great. All right. So here's how they work. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Okay. I'm like really. I'm 90 percent sure. You've here. got your contraptions. You have your library contraptions in a pile. Separate. Yeah. They're sitting there. Okay. And then you do something in the game that says assemble a contraption. And yeah. what that means is you're going to flip over the top card of your contraption library. Yeah. And you're going to put it in one of three piles. Yeah. Now, I believe in the um, on the actual cards, they call them um, sprockets. Yeah. They call them sprockets. But it's really just three piles. You have pile one, pile two, and pile three. Yes. I know. I'm really taking the glory out of sprockets here. I know. God, poor Mark sprockets. Mark is weeping at night. <laughs> um, so you put them in one of three piles, and then once you have any contraptions going on the battlefield, yeah. you can start the cranking. You can you start, start the, the cranking. cranking. All right. Yeah. So imagine, if you will, you have a token, okay. and it starts, this is like a marker, not like yeah. a plus one, plus one token or counter. It's just like a I, little I, I, marker. Yeah, it's a marker. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, okay, yeah. So you have a counter, and it sits initially yeah. on pile one. Okay. All right. Once you have any contraption in pile one, two, or three, yeah. at the beginning of your upkeep, mm-hmm. you move that counter forward to the next pile. Okay. So if it's on pile one, it moves to pile two. If it's on pile two, it moves to pile three. Yeah. And if it's on three, it moves back it to pile back one. To one. It just all goes right. around and around in a loop as yeah. long as you have any contraptions that are assembled at all. Yeah. All right. Now, it starts on the first one. So to me, at least, it makes sense that the first contraption you assemble is going to go in the middle slot. Yeah. Pile number two, because during your next turn, the little crank counter or whatever is going to move yeah. to the two middle pile. pile. Two. Okay. And then when it moves there, all the contraptions that you have in that pile yeah. trigger. They do their thing. They do their thing. They gain you <laughs> life, whatever. Yeah. Um, they do damage to people. Yeah. They do their thing. They buff creatures up. Absolutely. They have a lot of different effects. Cool. Um, now, you might be thinking, what should I do? Where should I put my contraptions? Yeah. Should I put them all... In one huge pile. Like, Great question. You, you could do that. Like, you could have, yeah. like, a massive pile of contraptions, and every third turn, when the thing cranks around to that pile, you get, like, 20 triggers. Um, yeah. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> That's how I'm going to do it, uh, because it's just because why way not? too much fun. Yeah. I'm going to, like, to pile up my contraptions and, like, set up how the stack is looking and everything. Everyone wants a machine that only does something every third time every you Every third use turn. It. I exactly. want a huge Rube Goldberg device. <laughs> That's what I want. But you don't have to do that. You yeah. can spread your contraptions around so you okay. get a small effect every single turn. Perfect. So it's pretty easy. Like, you know, you have contraptions in pile one, two, three, and every turn it goes to, yeah. to the next one. And if the you're stuff crank is there. counter. Your crank counter. When you if crank it. Your crank counter. <laughs> when you crank it, you get yeah. the effect. Now, these contraptions that are here are actually on the battlefield. Yeah. So while your contraption library, if you will, is not on the battlefield, yeah. the contraptions are. Are. And they're just normal artifacts. Okay. So if you have something that destroys an artifact, it can destroy a contraption A contraption as well. piece. Okay. And that means it no longer does its thing yeah. when the crank counter gets there. When a, when a contraption is destroyed, it doesn't go to your normal graveyard either. Okay. It goes to a different kind of graveyard called the scrapyard. Nice. I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. I think it's pretty clever. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Do you know what? When you explain it like that, it seems pretty straightforward. I think it makes yeah. pretty good sense. And I think it'll be really obvious when people actually start playing with it. But again, yeah. just like sitting just like, down and reading the rules. Put that contraption in a pile. Cr- crank it on your upkeep. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I think the lingo makes it more complicated than it needs to be. Yes. But I think people are going to find this to be really fun. Um, and getting to draft like a super heavy contraption deck yeah. that like has a huge pile of stuff happening every turn seems like a pretty fun time. Very cool. And uh, if I like, so if you have like three contraptions under one of your sprockets mm-hmm. and you crank your counter onto that sprocket, yep. uh, you get to pick right the way in which they go on the stack. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. You can choose which way they go on the stack. Nice. So if you have something that, you know, like, like gives a power and, you know, power and toughness boost and then like something that fights, I'm not saying that either of those are things, but if like if you could stack exist, them they, yeah, they in such exist, a way. Maybe. Probably. I the don't know. They power, probably do. The one that boosts creatures definitely does. The fight one seems overpowered. <laughs> it does seem pretty sweet. So one other thing that you want to, to note about contraptions is that you don't always have to crank the contraptions that are under that given sprocket. Okay. So if it has an effect that you don't want, yeah. they're always optional. You don't okay. have to crank your contraption. Nice. Or, Whatever the word yeah, is. You don't I have, have no to idea. crank to you don't have to crank the sprocket. You don't have to 
You have to crank the sprocket, so it moves on. You have to crank the sprocket. It moves on to the pile. Yes, but you don't have to use every contraption. Gotcha. So you don't have to fire each contraption. Correct. All right. This is so confusing. (laughs) I think we got it. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I look at this and I'm like, what is happening to me? Yeah. What decisions led to me being here in this in my life? Do you know what? Only good ones. I think so. Thank you for being here. Uh, that's so that's pretty that seems pretty sweet and right the only way to make a contraption to like move it from your from your contraption pile onto the battlefield is to is to have it assembled right correct cards that say assemble a contraption assemble a contraption is what it okay. will say when it does that and remember if you have a steam flogger boss which you can have yes you get two you get to assemble two, two contraptions. contraptions that's value and those things that assemble contraptions are gonna be riggers mm-hmm. is is my understanding that's what you know that's their job Awesome. Any any other like final tidbits about contraptions? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, okay. there's some weird ones with like copying them and other things like that. I don't okay. know if those are likely to come up in an actual unstable draft. But yeah. if you go to the unstable FAQ, just type unstable MTG FAQ. They okay. have a lot of facts about yeah. contraptions. Um, Say I had um, something like a, uh, a Phyrexian metamorph. Can that cap? copy artifacts or only creatures it can copy artifacts okay so if i had a phyrexian metamorph mm-hmm. and i was like i'm going to copy this contraption do i then get to copy it and put it under a sprocket it does seem like you would but you do not oh okay you only get contraptions when they are assembled you uh, cannot just copy a contraption it's just wow like yeah shoddy workmanship <laughs> you can tell that it's a knockoff exactly right away. someone would walk in and be like that is a Phyrexian pretending to be a contraption. Absolutely. It is not approved to work in this You're going to have situation. to go back to copying like GTAs and skull clamps. Okay, yeah. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, one other thing to note as well as with contraptions is that if you are trying to assemble, con- like if a card says to assemble a contraption yeah. and you don't have any contraptions left, yeah. nothing happens. Okay. It's not like when the game says to draw a card and you can't draw a card. And you, you don't lose. lose the game. Okay. You just you just don't get to assemble You're just like, we're out of parts today, you guys. Absolutely. Come back tomorrow. <laughs> awesome. All right. So what's our next mechanic? All right. So our next mechanic is one called Last Strike. It wow. sounds like a joke and like most unstable cards. It, it is. It is it a is. joke. It is a joke. The idea was like, you know, what happens if you have a creature that's just like really slow? Like what if you had like a turtle that was yes. meandering and all it did was meander? Yeah. It wanted to attack at the same speed as a bear. Yeah. It would have last strike. It would hit somebody last. It'd be like a slow motion punch. Like, boo. No. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So yeah. Uh, so now in, in, the, in an unstable game, I will have first strike, mm-hmm. which happens first. Regular strike. No, normal strike? <laughs> the normal Maybe. strike. Average strike? I don't even um, yeah. know. I don't even know what it's called. Just I like middle of the yeah. road strike. Medium. It's, yeah. It's a medium strike for medium creatures. And so then this will just happen after those two? It happens after normal strike. All right. Think of it as the opposite of first strike. Okay. It happens last. Now, it is a little bit different than how first strike behaves. Okay. Because if in a normal game, if a creature gets first strike, yeah. you know, it doesn't have normal damage, right? Yeah. So it doesn't do normal strike. Yes. So if you give a creature first strike, it does its first strike damage, then it's done. Yeah. Last strike is like, not I'm like tired. that. Yeah. So if a creature has last strike and first strike, it attacks twice. It's essentially like okay. double strike, except for the last one is really slow. Okay. Like the first punch, it doesn't the do first punch anything was really in fast. the middle. Yeah. The first punch was really fast, and then like they weren't working on their legs, and so okay. like, the kick was like really slow. They're like, gotcha. I'm to skip leg to the gym. <laughs> and in fact, you can give a creature first strike... Okay. Normal strike. So if a creature has like double strike yeah. and last strike. It has triple it strike. It has triple strike. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty sweet. That's pretty beefy. <laughs> it's like a whirlwind. I want to see the first strike, last strike creature now. It's just like normal combat is happening all around it. And it's like, I'm fine right now. I'm not thing. doing anything. Yeah. It's and like then t- it all clears and they're like, and the last shot. Okay, yeah, it's I'm like good. taking a nap in the middle of combat. I know yeah. I've done that at my advanced age. <laughs> this this fight is important. <laughs> Therefore, I will rest in the middle of it mm-hmm. to show that I, you know, I'm preparing correctly. Awesome. And the same thing, like, if so, if if it dies to normal combat damage, though. It doesn't get to do It doesn't ever get to do its thing. I know, it's too slow. Wow. That's what you get for skipping the gym. I tell creatures every day, you cannot skip the gym day. It's it's true. I've been there. I've seen seen April just go and lecture 
All of the turtles and bears of MTG. Bear, bear cubs in particular, like, yeah. they think they're little. They don't think they need to go work out. Exactly. You're like, yeah. excuse me, like, good like good habits start in cubhood. You're not going to be a 2-2 forever. If you don't keep working it, when you get old, you'll be a 1-1 bear. Yeah, and that's just disappointing. It's really sad. Yeah, no one likes a 1-1 bear. <laughs> All right, so what's up next? What so are we the, talking about? So the next is, is it's not really a mechanic. Um, okay. It's just, like, a theme. Uh, there's a lot of cards that refer to people... From outside the game. Okay. Um, so they do things. They'll say like, there's one called Kind Slaver. Yeah. That says, you know, it's like Mind Slaver, except for instead of you controlling the person's next turn, yeah. a stranger controls their next turn. Oh, terrifying. I think it sounds yeah. like a really fun time. Yeah. Now, you might be thinking to yourself... Do I have to choose somebody? I'm not putting words into your mouth here, so you can repeat this back. <laughs> do I have to choose somebody? You have to choose somebody, yes, but you don't have to choose somebody who knows magic. Wow. You can choose somebody who doesn't play any magic at all and have them take your opponent's next turn. Okay. In fact, I actually recommend this. Um, okay. Just you know, to just be like... Just for the last. Go for it, man. Like, hello, total stranger. Yeah. Do you know how to play magic? No. No? Uh, Sit down. I've got an opportunity for you today. I need, I need you to do something. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, these are cards I think I personally will like because I'm, I'm pretty extroverted. Yeah. Um, might be a little tough for some people who are a little introverted yeah. to like go up to a total stranger and be like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is the case or not, but uh, do you like squirrels? I I do, do you, like do you, you I, like, I do like squirrels. Oh, that's, this, we had a very awkward interaction. That is this that was, was wonderful. This was an I uncomfortable will never talk conversation. To you ever again. This is very nice to horrifying. meet you. <laughs> If you get lucky and someone like me says that they do like squirrels, you and get you've a got squirrel. squirrel dealer. Squirrel or dealer, it deals out one one squirrels. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty great. The card is like real value. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good card. It's a one one for one, but there's a decent chance that you get another you get one a free one. squirrel token to go with it. And the art is awesome. You yeah. get the trench coat with all the squirrels. With all in the there. squirrels in it. Yeah. Uh just you know, like just a little like teaser in here. Uh, Marie and I are heading to the pre pre release for this. Mm-hmm. I might be cosplaying as a squirrel, squirrel dealer. No, Maria's gonna be a squirrel. You're gonna be the. She's gonna I'm be gonna squirrel. be the squirrel dealer. <laughs> Just cause you know, I feel like I can I can pull off that uh, that hat. I, I think you could. Are you gonna like paint your face to look like a raccoon? I'm gonna. I like. I'm. I'm still working on it. You're I'm working still on working it? on it. Right. But yeah. Are you gonna like go around to people then and ask them if they like squirrels? Yes. Yes. Just all of the people in Victoria, Canada. Just any of them. Like, excuse me. Do you like squirrels? I can already imagine the blood draining from their faces already. This is going to be great. I hope you have recordings. Uh, You know, we'll try. We'll see what we can do about it. Thank you. Uh, Are are there any other cards that we should should touch on while we're talking about this outside the game? Um, I don't think so. Actually, one actually that you might be interested in is Spike Tournament Grinder. Yes. Um, This is a very powerful card. Yeah. Unless you choose any card you own from outside the game Mm -hmm. that has been banned or restricted... In a constructed format. Okay. Any constructed format ever. So I can go and get myself an Ancestral Vision. You could. You could also get an Ancestral Recall. I assume you have one of those. Um, Yeah, just laying around. Just laying around. Because that's restricted in Vintage. Yes. Uh, You have have options. So it it could be Banner Restricted in Vintage, Legacy, Modern, Standard, if you want like your little... um, Looter scooter. If you want a looter scooter, oh, you can go get a looter scooter. Yeah, you know, I'm going to run around and get myself a smuggler's copter. <laughs> Way better than drawing three cards. Um, it also includes things that have been banned in Commander. Okay. So, like, Emrakul, you could pick up because it's banned Ooh. in Commander. Um, it includes cards that are, like, banned in, like, weird formats, like block-constructed formats. Oh, so you could get yourself a Lingering Souls? You could get a Lingering Souls. Ooh. You could also get, uh, you know, a Time Vault and a Voltaiki if you have one of those I nasty you probably have and you want to be well. me you yeah i just want la- just laying around yeah you have yep. lots of options uh the list there's a couple places you can get it you can get it from the wizard's website i believe it is in their faq okay um you can also uh, search for it on scryfall if you just yeah. search for is colon spiky it'll give you a list of all the cards that are spiky if you're not using scryfall to find cards what are you doing <laughs> Uh, for this set, you can you can search is funny, correct? Yes, correct. So is funny is a way to see any uncard ever made. And if that's you just, pretty sweet. If you just want the cards from Unstable, you can just search for like set colon UST. Yeah. Or you can just click the link on their homepage that says Unstable, <laughs> unstable. Spoilers. That's probably a little yeah, easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a very it is a great place that they're all compiled. Yeah. Uh, we'll always plug Skyfall. Okay. It's great, you guys. It's pretty awesome. It's really good. 
Uh, awesome. So, what's up next? Watermarks. So, watermarks are a major theme of Unstable. Okay. They're 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 a feature of Magic cards going way back. Yeah. But they don't really exist. They're on the card, like they're visually yeah. there. But there's something that the rules can't care about. Like yeah. they can't care about. We don't you know, talk about them. We don't talk about them. It's just like it would be weird to refer to them, kind of like if if uh, a car referred to pictures of like magic cards with hats on them. Yeah. It would make it would be very strange to see that on a real magic card. Yeah. But in Unstable, you can care about things like watermarks on cards. Okay. Now watermark is is a visual indicator, and it sits usually under the text box of yeah. the card. Okay. So it might look like. You know, um, a set symbol. Okay. Um, from like New Phyrexia and stuff. Like you have the, the, you have this, like the stars the and Mirrodin symbol. Yeah. Or you have, you know, in this set you have all of the, uh, all the factions have their own symbols under yeah. the text box. Which I think is the first place I remember it from. Because we started playing during RTR. Mm-hmm. And those have on like a lot of the gold cards or the very like guild aligned cards. Mm-hmm. They would have the guild's watermark behind them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's a lot of cards in Magic that have watermarks on Thousands of okay. them in fact. So. Yeah. Um, in a normal unstable draft, you're just going to see the cards that belong to the orders for the most part. Yeah. But also uh, contraptions. So contraptions all, even though there's no visual watermark on there, because um, in the, in a normal sense, because they're full art and they're kind of yeah. weird, there is a watermark in the corner. Gotcha. So contraptions do count as being watermarked. Nice. Uh, and then there's like, this is just a thing, like we've said, you see them across normal sets also. You will see them on all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, you will see them... Uh, on on various promos, you see them yeah. on guild cards. As Does you like said. the fancy de- like Shards. judge judge promos? That's like the little like sw- like uh, what do you even call it? Like the star. I think it's, the st- like I think it's, star I think it's the actually tail. a shooting star. Shooting star. That's so, what I was trying to yeah, say. Yeah, the shooting star. Star with a tail. Star with a tail. Yep. Um, okay. I believe now. I'm pretty so. I believe those do not count as watermarked. Okay. Because they are the actual foil symbol. Gotcha. From the original foil. So those are like the shooting foil marks. There's a foil marks. They're not watermarks. All right. But I do keep be- it straight. Everybody. I do believe if it has like some of the judge ones have like DCI or something stamped on okay, them. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It has, yeah. Like some of them have F and M stamped on them. I believe gotcha. those do count do as count. being watermarked. Nice. Pretty sure. Awesome. I'm definitely going to check this after this and hope that I'm right so we don't have to re-record this. So, yeah, it'll be fine. Or we could just be wrong. That's fine, too. Um, So there are cards in in this set, in Unstable, that care about watermarks, and they'll say it in their text. Correct. Absolutely. Like, one of them uh, is Druid of the Sacred Beaker, <laughs> and it's a card that says... Perfect. Isn't it Everyone right? needs a Sacred Beaker. A Sacred Beaker. I'm kind of imagining like the beaker from Sesame Street. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. except with, as a religious with, like, a symbol. Whole, a exactly. Uh, and it says like add one green to your mana pool for each crossbreed crossbreed labs watermark. Now that's the beaker with like the yeah. the multiple openings on it. Uh, each crossbreed labs watermark among permanents you control, and it has nice. a watermark itself. Yeah. So we'll always attempt for at least green. Yeah. But if you have more cards from that guild, it'll tap uh, for more. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, and then there's also the sweet land, right? Uh, what's the land that I'm thinking of that says it taps to add two, but only for watermarked cards? It's super cool because um, I remember it was part of the promo that Maria did. Uh, watermark it. Yes, watermark Which is what I thought it was. I was like, it's something that's a pun. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's basically, if you're familiar with Eldrazi Temple, which taps yeah. two colorless, but only for Eldrazi spells. Not broken. Not broken. Super Notoriously fair not broken Really, cards. any land that taps more than one man is notoriously fair. Yes. People would agree. That's what we would call it baseline. <laughs> <laughs> and Watermark it is another one of these very balanced cards. It adds two mana to your mana pool, but you can only spend it on creatures that have watermarks on them. Ooh, nice. So if you're trying to cast a spell without watermarks, it doesn't even tap for anything. Yeah. You get nothing. It just sits there. So if you have a sweet land like watermark, it maybe you want to focus heavily on watermarks. When get you some watermarks. Yeah. And is it, it's all spells, right? All spells with watermarks? Any spell with watermarks, correct. Awesome. So it can be instant sorceries, creatures. I think these all have watermarks yeah. on them. Anytime you want to do it. Definitely can... in the history of magic, yeah. every kind of card has watermarks on it. Awesome. Very, very cool. So the next up, we're going to talk about cards that don't start in your own library. What? So normally, in a normal game of Magic, yeah. you only will ever hold cards that were in your library to begin the game. Yes. Uh, or in Commander, sometimes you might hold your Commander, I don't know. But... <laughs> 
in Unstable, there's lots of cards that have interactions with your opponent's hands or their library or things like that. Okay. And what that means is that you will you may like put a card in your opponent's hand. Yeah. Or you might put a card into the library. Or there might be a card that adds cards from outside the game yes. into your library or your hand. Which I'm very excited about. Yeah, one that's like super fun is called Summon the Pack. It yeah. says you get to open a sealed magic booster pack, any booster pack you want. So it could be unstable yeah. or it could be normal boring magic. You reveal the cards and f- you put every single creature card that was in that pack on the battlefield under your control. Amazing. It's pretty sweet. And we we asked people like, what would you get with this? And everyone was like, legions. Because it's like all creatures all apparently. Creatures. But there's one creature, Phage. Yes. Where if, you know, uh, if she enters the battlefield and she wasn't cast, you, you just lose. lose the game. You lose the game. So you're like playing, you, you're playing Loading Ring Ready Runs, uh, famous Phage, Phage Lottery. Runs. The Flottery. <laughs> the Flottery. <laughs> uh, where you just, in Momir Basic, which is where you just go to seven and then only just, cast seven, seven the entire time. Uh, so yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're taking a risk. You are taking but a risk. But you're going to get the most creatures for you're your booster. You're going to really win the game. You're going to have yeah. some creatures on the map. Although they're kind of like derpy creatures. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. I might I might go for like a corset, like the early like M10. Get a Titan okay. can be good. Ooh, that's nice. Like a lot of options. We were saying also, yeah, like maybe like one of the, one of, something that takes place on Zendikar, like mm-hmm. Oath of the Gatewatch and get those enormous Eldrazi. Oh, that's a great idea It had just, well. they like had a bunch of like random like eight nines. Yeah, I think, like, you know, oh, yeah, like, Rise of the Eldrazi, I think, is another yeah. one of huge ones. Like, exactly. Like, common and uncommon. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, Allegiance is good. I, I agree with you. Like, I think taking a pack, more modern pack, is, like, the creatures are more powerful. Yeah. It just has, like, big derpy stuff that you can smash. It's a good trade-off. Yeah. Uh, so one thing that you have to know is that at the end of the game, yeah, you have to give these cards back. Obviously. So if, uh, if you've put a card into your opponent's hand, they have to give it back to you. Yeah. If they've put a card in your hand or deck, you have to give it back, back to them. To them. Uh, nice. If you've cast some in the pack, all of those creatures, they, they're they gone. They, they don't get to go back. Put them your, back in they, that pack. Right. They, you can put them back in the pack. They don't go back into your library, though. Yeah. You don't get to play with them again. Um, I personally am probably going to bring some, like, really crazy colored sleeves, like some bright pink sleeves or bright yeah. yellow sleeves to help me, like, differentiate my cards yes. and my opponent's cards so I don't accidentally lose my cards. Probably pretty smart probably, to yeah, do. Probably, like, a safe idea. Yes. Yeah. Be like, all of mine are the ones that are sunshine yellow. Yoink! <laughs> so you keep you keep telling me about putting cards in players' hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's look at a card that does that. Yeah, one of my favorite cards from the whole set is a card called X. Yeah. Just, just X. It's going to be really easy to find on Google, I'm certain. Yes. But what it does... <laughs> just go there and... Just go, just to, go to Google, Google type, type in X. X, and search it. <laughs> probably be the top results. <laughs> And what it says is that, um, so when it's on the battlefield, you can pay blue and a black, mm-hmm. tap it, and you can put X into your opponent's hand. Okay. All right. So now, once it is there, you can cast cards in your opponent's hand by wow. using X's abilities. So while... Oh, God, this is, I can read this card. Okay, here. Well, um, I'll read it aloud while we're... Um, then you'll parse it. As long as X is in X's owner's opponent's hand, so that's if you own X, that's your opponent's hand, X's owner may cast X and activate X's abilities. So even though it's in your opponent's hand, you can still activate its abilities or cast it. Which means that if you're playing a game of Commander and yeah. you want to get your X, your X back on the battlefield to go in somebody else's hand... You can cast it out of your opponent's hand. So you say, I'm going to take it, I'm going to cast it onto, onto, onto battlefield. my battlefield. Yes. On your and then bat- I will put it back in someone else's hand. Correct. Yep. Okay. That opponent can't cast X and plays with his or her hand revealed. Well, that's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Um, and one of the things that you can do is <coughs> when X is in an opponent's hand, uh-huh. you can pay three blue and a black to cast a card in their hand. Without paying the mana cost. That so is to, amazing. You get to look at their hand and be like, yeah. I'm going to cast this spell, please. And how can they, like, they can't kill it. They can't kill X. Like, well, they can kill X while it's on, while the, battlefield. on the battlefield. Yeah. But they can't kill X. They, there's no other way to. Like, while know, it's in their hand. They I, have to find a way to discard to it out, out of their, their own hand. hand. So, like, they could thought seize themselves. Themselves. They could thought to get it out. Themself, <laughs> they could thought. Thought oh, theft them. Thought yes. seizes themselves correct yep. <laughs> that's 
That's amazing. It's this card re- seems sick. I think it's going to be super fun to play with, actually. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, and that's a legendary creature, so someone could have X as their commander. They could have X as their that commander. That would be pretty cool. I would actually pretty cool. love to make an X deck. I think it sounds <laughs> hilarious. So the next thing we're going to talk about are cards that are in more than one zone okay. at the same time. Okay. The one that people I think are most likely to deal with is a card called Masterful Ninja. Yeah. Which on its face, two and a black for a 1-1. One, one, and I'm like... Okay. Why would you even care? Why is this card a rare? You yeah. look at it, you're like, there's Why? no reason for it this card. It has haste. It's a 1-1 one, one okay, that you can pump it and it yeah. costs 3 mana. No, no thanks. Take a thumbs down. But it has a super sweet ability, uh-huh. and that is that you can reveal it from your hand. Okay. So you just show your opponent and say, hey, I have this, this sweet ninja. You yeah. can't see it, but it's definitely there. But it's here. It's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it becomes both on the battlefield and in your hand at the same time. Oh my god. So, you know, on your first turn, if yeah. you have Masterful Ninja in hand, you just reveal it. And attack. It's on the battlefield and it attacks for one. That's pretty great. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, you know, it comes that definitely comes with some upsides. You get to attack with it right away. Yeah. Uh, you never have to. You can just attack with it all the time and not pay for it. Exactly. It's just, yeah. It's just there. But it also has drawbacks. And that is like it's vulnerable to things that attack both your hand and creatures on the battlefield. Okay. So if it's killed on the battlefield, like somebody casts a, a removal spell on it, yeah, it goes from your hand where it is. Okay. To, to the your graveyard. graveyard, it's dead. That sucks. If somebody makes you discard it, yeah, it goes from the battlefield where it to is your graveyard. to your graveyard. Yeah. Okay. So it has advantages and disadvantages. All right. Yeah. Uh, but but overall, pretty cool. I think so. Yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting design. I have no idea how this one they could ever make work in black border, but... Um, they did say, like, very inter- interestingly, if you reveal it and then it's on the battlefield, it doesn't cause things to trigger, right? That would see... Like, it doesn't cause things that say when another creature enters the battlefield. Yeah, I mean, like, if you imagine don't... a ninja, it's not, like, yeah. tromping around triggering things, yes. right? It's just there. No, it it's... just snuck in and it's there. It sees all of your lasers and your tripwires and it's, it's like, I am invading... Them. All of these. It's evading every trigger that nice. triggers when it's on the battlefield. It just was there. It was just there. Perfect. Similarly, if somebody casts a spell that, like, if it puts it onto, back to your hand, like an unsummon type spell. Yeah. It doesn't do anything because it's already okay. in your hand. Yeah, it's yeah, It's just yeah. also on the battlefield at the same time. Awesome. Wow. What a, what, what an idea. What a great card. What an idea. <laughs> Uh, so another theme of Unstable is cards stealing other cards' text boxes. Yeah, this one is really fun. Yeah. Uh, I, had, I had a lot of fun with this one on my on Twitter. Yeah. Because I said, like, you it steals everything from a card. Yeah. So one of the cards that you're going to see, uh, possibly, it's mythic, okay. but it's super cool. It's called Do-It-Yourself Serif. Yes. And it says, uh, when it attacks, you may search your library for an artifact card, exile it. And then shuffle your library. It is the text box of each card exiled with do-it-yourself serif in addition to its own. That's so pretty great. So it just great. keeps piling on yeah. card text. And I thought to myself, oh man, it's stealing flavor text as well. It steals Perfect. everything. It, it takes steals it all. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, one of the things that I was like, what are the two funniest flavor texts that you could combine together? And there's some yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty fun ones. Okay. All right. So now this includes just the stuff that is in the text box. Yeah. It's so, not like power toughness. Uh, well, it could include power and toughness if there was something in the text box about it that affected its power gotcha. and toughness. But otherwise, it wouldn't. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, these can do some weird. They can have some weird interactions. Most of the time, okay. it just makes sense. So you just like. You just did one text box after the next text box after the next text box. Yeah. And you just have this like massive thrown together magic card that has like 70 lines of text on it yeah um occasionally these texts will contradict each other okay for example you might have one text box that says you know maybe it's power is equal to the number of bears you control okay and then you have another text box that says it's power is equal to the number of squirrels you control okay problematic which one is it yeah it's actually the text box that it stole most recently okay that is good to know you know, whenever something contradicts each other, just looks at just look at the newest one and you're Gotcha. Set. So I think this will make sense most of the time. I don't think there's anything that's gonna happen in here that's gonna be like super, super confusing. But yeah. I'm sure somebody will find it. And something. the nice thing about unstable is just like, do you know what? Talk it out. 
talking out with the people who are there. Part of the fun part of like playing on sets is like having no idea what is actually happening. Yeah, you're not playing out on the fly. You're not playing a game of magic anymore. You're you're playing the unset. You're playing unstable, and it's just like. It's a whole new world out there. You're everybody. just there to have fun. Exactly. So like, as long as both people are having fun, I think in an ungame, it's pretty fair to bend the rules a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Or just discard the rules if you don't really understand what's going on. Absolutely. Yeah. So that covers all the major mechanics and like yeah. themes I think you're likely to see in Unstable. Yes. But there are some cards that on their own could probably be an entire podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm going to talk about the most complicated card, I think, in the entire set first yeah. because... You know, I have no idea how long I'm going to ramble on. And that (laughs) is Rules Lawyer. Okay. Now, Rules Lawyer says that state-based actions don't apply to you or other permanents you control. Followed by the world's largest amount of reminder text in the world. It's so small. I cannot believe they actually fit it all on there. It's really, uh, it's a a triumph of formatting. Somebody at Wizards was like, how small can we make the font? Exactly. Smaller. Smaller. Keep making it smaller. <laughs> I can still read it. Make it smaller. Keep going. Keep going. Keep and, going. And, it, and in fact, it, it got so small that they couldn't make it any smaller. And so the last part of the reminder text says, please see the comprehensive rules number 704. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we actually have 704 <laughs> rules. It's... Oh, boy. Yeah. All right. So All right. state-based actions. What are some of... We're just going to touch on a couple of the most important ones that might come up. Yeah. So... For those of you who do not know what a state-based action is, like these are the lots things of that, us. Yeah, lots of us. I think which I think is probably most magic players. Yeah, uh, anybody who's not a judge probably doesn't know what they are. Yeah, they're the janitor. I like to think of them as the janitor of a magic game. They okay. do all the cleanup. They do all the stuff that you don't even think about. You just yeah. you just have done it so many times that it just makes sense. Okay. So for example, when you are at zero or less life. What happens? I lose. You lose the game. I lose the game. Now, that doesn't usually happen because she's usually kicking my butt. But (laughs) let's say hypothetically I had Megan at zero life. Yes. Normally, the game would be over and she would lose. Yes. But that is a state-based action that says when a player is at zero or less life, they lose the game. So as long as Rules Lawyer is on the battlefield... You don't lose. You don't lose the game. Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of other weird things. Okay. So ones that you are likely to see in a normal game. And there's a lot of them. Okay. But, uh, for example, if you were trying to draw a card from uh-huh. an empty library, normally... Usually, I'd lose. You lose the game. Yeah. You don't lose. You just don't draw a card. What? Yeah. What a world. Uh, creatures' combat is all very, very strange. So if a creature has zero or less toughness, normally it dies. Yes. Right? Like, if you give it plus one, plus, minus one, minus one counters, yeah. put it to less than, you know, zero toughness, it dies no longer it sticks around so it it can, i could have like a three minus two you could have a three minus two and it would do three damage in combat wow but it would just and it just doesn't die. care Nothing it's like dies. i'm fine what have we done overpopulation is going to happen don't, here don't worry about me i'm okay yeah. Yeah, so zero less toughness we have lethal damage normally okay or or, or if a creature is dealt like death touch damage that would normally kill it and it's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm just going to stick around. I can take it. Death can't touch me. I am tough. It's just like that Monty Python skit. It's, it's just a scratch. Um, <laughs> pretty sure it's just a scratch. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, anyways. But a, but a scra- yeah. Yeah. With the knights. Yeah. The knights. Yeah. The knights of St. Yeah. Uh, if you have two legendary creatures, okay. normally. One of them. Uh, with uh, the same name. I'm just like, one of you suckers, get out of get here. Get out of here. They yeah. can both stick around. Wow. You can have as many Urza planeswalkers as you want on the battlefield. They're going to feel so confused about themselves. Super They're like, confused. Who am I? Who, Who are head? you? Oh my God, that head is so handsome. Can I make out with it? <laughs> <laughs> wow, Urza. Weird dude. I know. <laughs> Weird dude. Listen, for people who weren't around during the lore back then, it was very strange. Uh, speaking it was of plane- a different place. Speaking of planeswalkers, normally if a planeswalker has zero or less loyalty, it's it, out of here. It's gone. But not 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 with Rue's lawyer. Wow. If it is zero or less loyalty, it sticks around. You can yeah. still plus it and do weird stuff. It doesn't care. It can be the most disloyal planeswalker of all time, but it's still sticking by your side. Absolutely. Nice. Uh, if you have an aura... Mm-hmm. Normally, if a creature dies that has an aura on it, yeah. the aura goes through the graveyard with it. Gotcha, because it's it just, like, there's nothing for me to stick on to. Yeah, it's, okay. in this case, though, that's a state-based action. So it just sits around on the battlefield looking pretty. What you do have, I you'll do? You'll have a very sparkly battlefield. You can't do anything with Why the Why am I here? Yeah, but it's, it's still there. Okay, um, okay. So like, if you had like a spell that takes all the auras on the battlefield and attaches them to it, and I think Bruna does this. Okay. You know. That's pretty sweet. They would all be attached to it. Like a little magnet is like... I'm going to suck up all these unloved auras. 
Uh, same thing with augment cards. Okay. If the host dies, the augment card still sticks around. Okay. You can't do anything with it because you can only augment from your hand. Yeah. But it's still there on the battlefield. Wow. All right. Uh, plus one, plus one counters and minus one, minus one counters. They don't blow each other up. Oh. You don't lose. They're both there. You don't lose for having over 20 commander damage. Okay. Lots of little things that uh, make a normal game of magic make sense sense at all even just a little bit of sense you just throw it right out the window this game says hey take what you thought you knew never mind yep never now mind. one thing really important with rules lawyer is it doesn't affect itself okay and this is very important because yes. otherwise the game would never end yeah you would both have empty libraries creatures that couldn't die and yeah. you just be sit there you'd be stuck with like, the same game of magic okay. for the rest of your life yes uh but rules wire's effect applies to itself Okay. So if you blow up Rules Wire and your opponent's at zero life, then the game is over. Gotcha. So. Important question. Yeah. If someone has an effect that says destroy a creature, does it get destroyed? It does not. Okay. Because, like, destroy just means put it from the graveyard to the battlefield. It's just, okay. it's just part it's of the It's not a state-based thing. It's just a thing that happens. Yeah, state-based actions are only just things that just kind of happen naturally in the course of a game to constantly clean it up. Gotcha. So... Awesome. Yeah. Like you said, the janitors. It is the janitors. They're there being like, all right, five toughness creature, you got five damage. Like, get out of here. I really here. hope that in the next one set, state-based action becomes its own creature. I think that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> that would be so good. So another card that is likely to cause a lot of confusion, I think, at people's ungames is Infinity Elemental. Okay. This is a creature with infinite power. Not like 10 power. Not even like 15 power like Emrakul. Yeah. But infinite power. Infinite. It has infinity, infinity yeah. power. Okay. Now, there's a lot of weird things that can go along with a creature having infinity power. Like, what if you give it lifelink? Okay. If you give infinity elemental lifelink, you then have infinite Inf- life. <laughs> infinite life. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Which means you can't lose the game. Yeah. Um, if you... But interestingly enough, if you have infinite life and you're yeah. attacked by an infinity elemental... And it gets through. The, it gets through. I die. You don't die. I don't die? You don't die. The laws of mathematics, Megan, state that infinity minus infinity is... They actually don't know. They have no idea what it is. So in a game oh of unmagic, if an infinity elemental does attacks you and hits you, and you have infinite life, you uh-huh. are still at infinite life. What? Yeah. Uh, if you are at infinite life, you gain life. Okay. Infinite life. If you lose life... Infinite life. You're always at infinite life. You can pay any amount of life. Uh, yeah. Basically, once you were at infinite life, you were kind of stuck yeah. at infinite life. Um, and if you have any card that interacts with the creature's power, it is also just infinite. So okay. if you have a creature that cares about, you know, maybe it adds mana equal to the power, the greatest power you have on the battlefield, you yeah. have infinite mana. Okay. Um, you know, if you get something that gives you counters equal to the power of the biggest creature you control you have infinite counters okay you can draw infinite cards but then you lose the game because yeah unless you have a library that's infinitely hall but i don't think that's possible <laughs> yeah probably not oh my god yeah. i can't even imagine but yeah but this basically is incredible infinity elemental the idea is just that for the most part it's going to make a lot of sense it just does yeah. infinite damage to something and that's pretty easy but if you are at infinite life because you've given it lifelink yeah you are stuck at infinite life for all time. Unless a card specifically sets your life total. Okay. Like if it says so you have So if Raska came around and was like, target opponent's life total becomes one. Yeah. Okay. They're at one life. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It's wow. a fun card. Yeah. That is the time that we've got today. Thank you so much, Q-April. Oh, thanks. Thanks a lot. I, for I coming hope, around. I Thank you so much for having me. I love the set. I'm really excited. I yeah. think I, I, you know, I, um, I was around because I'm super old. I was around when the original unsets came around, and they were kind of, they're all right. They were kind yeah. of fun, but they had some really unfun mechanics. Yeah. This one, they've really spent a lot of time to make it draftable and playable yeah. and cubable, which I'm really excited about. A lot of the cards I think will fit nicely in cubes. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited to play with Unstable. Awesome. As are we. Um. So if people want to find you online. Where can they find you? They can find me mostly on Twitter, where I yes. am. Her- Trolling literally everybody who plays Magic. At Cube April. At Cube April. Yeah. On Twitter. Yeah. Uh, you can find Tales from the Misfit. 
I do. I have. I, I basically I play an evil version of Mark Rosewater. Hence the <laughs> hence, hence the super villain T-shirts with the flannel and the flannel shirt. Uh, uh, check out the video version of this podcast in a couple of days to see April's <laughs> Mark Rosewater get up. It's great. I do evil versions of his comics, Tales from the Mist yes. Pit. I do. Uh, Evil versions of his poles. Yes. Uh, I do evil versions of his poles. Oh, the most recent one was about land destruction. It is. And a, the best way to destroy lands. I love destroying lands. But yeah, people were voting on the best way to destroy lands. Is it with yeah. wastelands? Is it with like vindicates? Man. Is it with Armageddon's? Like there's yeah. so many great ways to blow up lands. And now there's, we know. Yeah. Now now you can find definitive answers definitive to evil answer. questions. Like what is the best way to, to blow up someone's land? The answer is beast within. <laughs> Wow, really? It is actually Beast Within and Vindicate. Like, those are what people said is the best way. I That's actually thought it was going to be, like, Armageddon. Yeah, effects. you'd think the one that gets or, rid of them all, you're just like, get boom. them all out or of Or, like, here. Upheaval. Like, yeah. if you ever cast Upheaval in, in Cube, it's the most fun it's you can great. have playing Magic. It's amazing. And I've had people would for sure slam Upheaval, but no, Vindicate. Wow. Take it wow. out a single land, one at a time. Impressive. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. If you have questions, just tweet them directly at Mark Rosewater. It's his fault. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You can also tweet at Cube April. Uh, you can tweet at us. Uh, we'll try and get those questions answered for you because we know that there's a lot going on. Yeah, and again, most of the answer questions that you're going to have, I think, in a uh, in a in a draft with Unstable, you're going to find answers for it in their FAQ. So again, yeah. search, just go to Google, search for Unstable MTG FAQ. Nice, and you'll find that. Or like we said, talk it out with the people around you. Talk it out. Make it's a game of up. unstable. Have some fun. Exactly. Uh, once again, before we take off, thank you so much to everyone who supports the show via Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash Magic the Amateuring. I wonder if that's what the URL is. I'm actually I'm pretty knows? sure at the beginning of the episode you said slash I said MTA cast. cast. Do you know what? I don't remember right now. <laughs> like, I've gone to that website. I go to it all the time. You really should have just stuck with one. Huh. Man. And cardkingdom.com slash MTA cast. Thank you so much to Card Kingdom. I'm killing it today. Now you guys know why why Maria is the one who talks all of the sponsorship business all the time. Because I can't keep facts straight. Uh, awesome. Thank you again. Have a good one.